listening to the Salt Churches podcast. Here you can listen to messages, inspiration, and lessons learned about planting microchurches all across the nation. Thank you for tuning in. To find more information, you can visit us at www.saltchurches.com. This podcast is brought to you today by Salt Church's founder, Jesse Green. Just to start, I want to do an activity that I, I do with everyone that I disciple, and it actually just came up one night in a dream. And I was thinking about it myself, and then I started doing this with the people I disciple, and it actually just started to really just create huge breakthroughs in people's life. So I'm going to do the activity with you. So I want everyone to close their eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just ask for your presence right now. We ask for vision and revelation, Lord God. We ask that our minds and our hearts would be open to receive what you're going to download right now. I thank you, God, that you have spoken so many things in the past and you're still speaking today. And you really, really care about the future of your people. All right, so I want you to ask God right now, what does it look like for me to live fully alive? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Where are you? What's your surroundings like? Who's near you? Mary, thank you, Jesus, for giving us vision for our future. Sometimes we don't need a prophetic word, we just need a word from the creator of words, God. And so I thank you that you're downloading things to your people that will resonate with them um, as they step out in their callings in the future. I ask that you just seal these things that you've shown them in Jesus' name, that nothing can come against these plans that you have for them. Amen. So one of my favorite verses in scripture is actually in John 10. And it's John 10, 10, which makes it really easy to remember. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, which is not so encouraging so far. Your favorite verse. But the encouraging part comes right after it. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have life and have it abundantly. All right. I'm going to have some audience participation. Please, someone raise your hand. What do you think it means to have a life and life more abundantly? Having life, but then having more abundantly. Walking in freedom, enjoying the moment, just like Anyone else? We'll do one more. Claiming your inheritance. That's great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. You open scripture, and it's just promise after promise after promise. And a lot of times we're surprised that the enemy is trying to steal that away from us. And we're surprised when we are under attack or weird things happen or we're discouraged or things like that. And Jesus is literally saying, he's saying, this is what the enemy has come to do. He comes to steal. That means you have something to be stolen. Right? If you're feeling any kind of discouragement right now, know that there's something that you have that's worth stealing. 
So that means that there's something worth protecting. He comes to kill, kill dreams, kill relationships, actually kill <laughs> in the physical. And he comes to destroy. And I can't tell you how many of my friends I went on the world race with just let him have it. They actually gave it over freely. They were like, yeah, you know, like this is not worth fighting for. And I know so many times in my own life, I've thought to myself, like, I just want to quit. Like, I don't actually know if this is like worth it all. My husband and I have had so many conversations and sometimes I feel really bad for him because I'm one of those people like, is anyone else here a verbal processor? Okay, I have bad news for the verbal processors here. And I'm still like processing <laughs> this news. But something my husband always says to me that just sucks, I'm just gonna put it out there, is not all processing is actually good for you. So sometimes like you shouldn't say everything you think or feel. Because do you know that your words actually have creative power? So if I'm talking about like, oh, I like feel so depressed, I feel so depressed, I feel so depressed. Like I can't be surprised that then I feel depressed. Because I'm speaking it constantly over myself. And like I read last night, we're supposed to be totally transformed by the renewing of our mind. Which means that sometimes you have to verbally process things that don't feel like truth yet. Even though they are the truth. So I've been learning the discipline of verbally processing this more than maybe how I feel or think or etc. And so there are times though where I just want to quit and I say to Parker, I'm like, this is too hard. And like, I think we may have heard from God wrong or I just like don't want to do this anymore. Or like, I literally last summer put up a huge Facebook post and I was like, Listen, I don't know what I'm thinking anymore. I think God has favorites. I'm not one of them. This is not worth it anymore. And I just don't know how you actually ever do the things that God calls you to do. Is anyone with me? And all these people were like, I'm with you, I'm with you. And I was like, crap, what did I just do? <laughs> I just started something really bad. I just got a bunch of people to agree with me that, like, who knows if this is even worth it. And so I want to tell you that this is not what Jesus died for, is confusion and chaos. He died for you to have life and promises and the abundant life. So much life that you're forced to give it away because it's overflowing within you. Who's had like a really great like experience and encounter with the presence of God before? Okay, that's awesome. Most of you have. You know, there, I would say probably most people in America that would call themselves Christians have maybe never had that same encounter. And so I would encourage you, like part of your job now as missionaries is to give people that encounter, is to share the presence of God. And so how many of you guys have prophesied over someone before? Okay. Can I tell you, this is one of the best gifts to learn and grow in. Like, I would not say that I'm, like, a prophet, but I actively seek prophecy because it totally can encourage the body in ways that nothing else can. Because you know that most people don't even know that God speaks anymore? Like, we run a church in California, and we ran a Hearing from God series, and we stole that idea from Clint. And we ran it in California, and I gotta tell you, it was one of the easiest things to put together. We just like bought some sandwiches and uh, had people come together. 
And it was so amazing because people came and they learned how to hear from God for the first time. People that had been in church their whole lives. All of the people in the room would call themselves Christians, except for one person. And he ended up getting saved, so now he's a Christian. But they would all say, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I was like, okay, right now, what is God speaking to you? He doesn't, I, I don't hear him speak. Okay, you're being robbed. Because you actually have access every single day to hear from God. So right now, we're going to do a little activity. So this breakout is about the ordinary, about the ordinary, mundane, boring things in life are actually meant to be your calling, are the extraordinary moments in life. So I have a little spoiler alert for you. Whatever has been prophesied over you in your life, your calling, your dreams, all of that, the way you get there is all the boring stuff along the way. <laughs> so people think like, like you look at someone like Christine Kane or like Chris Valentin or all these people, and like they'll all tell you, it was just like the obedience and the going every single day that got them to where they are. So we see the end of the story. We see 20 years later, 10 years later of the journey. We don't see the obedience in the grocery store or like Chris will tell you him prophesying over like his broken cars. Like we don't see that background stuff, but that's the stuff that gets you to the promises, gets you to the calling because we all know this as good Christians that God's more concerned about who you are than what you do, right? Like we all know that, but sometimes we forget that. And so God will have no problem delaying your promise to make sure that you're able to actually handle it. And so the handling comes in the everyday. So actually, this is a funny story. Do you know, for a year, God told me to pick up pennies off the ground. And we were living in New York City. I'm like, a penny is like basically worthless. Like, I actually would love to speak to a finance person and know why we even have them as a currency, because I feel like it probably costs more money to make the penny than it's actually worth. So I'm like, why don't we just round up like other countries do? But anyway, for a year, I had to pick up pennies. And in New York City, like, it's really crowded at times. So I'd be stopping, and I would see a penny, like, on a subway, like, platform. There'd be all these people, and I'd literally be like, excuse me, like, I had to pick up this penny. And people would be looking at me like, what is this girl doing? Like, maybe she's homeless. I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't look homeless. But she's like, who pushes people out of the way to get a penny off the ground? And so for a year, I was like, I literally feel like this burning sensation in me to like pick up pennies. And I would feel like if I saw a penny and walked past it, I was like in disobedience. Like, that's really weird. Don't you think? <laughs> so I'm walking, and after a year of collecting pennies, God actually, I asked God, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why is this a thing? And he said to me, he said, I needed to know that I could trust you with what seemed worthless before I could trust you with what means everything to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wish he told me that from the beginning because I would have picked up all the pennies. <laughs> but God's always doing things to just test our character in the ordinary, mundane things. And that seemed like such a stupid thing. But if God could trust me to be obedient with what's worthless, then it, like the children of God are his prized possession. Everything like 
is on you guys, is for you guys. He died for you guys. So why would he trust me to ever encourage or speak to one single person if I can't pick up a penny? So a lot of you guys are wanting to know, like, what's God doing in this season? And I want to tell you, what he's likely doing is refining you, consecrating you, and getting you prepared for what's next. But what that looks like is ordinary, mundane things. It looks like tough conversations with family members. It looks like actually having to believe what you say you believe. Okay, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot for a second. Since you've been home, how many of you guys have prophesied over someone that is not from the world race? <laughs> well, that's good in the back. <laughs> okay, can I ask someone to be super bold right now? Because the only way we're going to get there is if we're vulnerable. And I, I already put all my chips on the table last night. Like, you guys know, I have abortion and like we've struggled with all these things. So I'm going to ask some like vulnerability from you guys. If you did not raise your hand, would someone mind sharing why they have not prophesied over someone in, since they've been home? You get 10 points in heaven for sharing. <laughs> you haven't thought about it? You haven't thought about it. Okay, so how come you haven't thought about it? Okay. All right, close your eyes for a second. All right, repeat after me. Holy Spirit, why have I not prophesied over anyone since I've been home? Right now, let's give them a minute. Are you hearing anything? Okay. All right, can you come up here for a second? Parker, can you come up here for a second? <laughs> What's your name? Austin. You okay, Austin, prophesy over Parker. All right. <laughs> Give me the goods, bro. <laughs> You want to come down here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used. <laughs> Good luck today, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you you're going to need God's help for sure. <laughs> I see a ton of influence in you. I see that when you speak, people are going to listen. When you speak, people are going to listen. That's good. That confirms something. Keep going. I'll tell you at the end. <laughs> you are obedient. That's good. And there's going to be opportunities for you to share. I don't know specifics what it's going to be, but I think I need to tell you to share. Maybe you know someone specific. Yeah. Good. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Nope, I got the mic. Where's <laughs> <laughs> right now? All right, so that was really cool. So just so you guys know, while I was standing in the back and Jess was talking about being a verbal processor, and she's like a, an evangelist. So like when she's like, say, hey, let's all meet here, like 100 people show up. And when she said that, I immediately went to like this insecure part of me that's like, well, nobody really cares what you have to say. And like that kind of, like the enemy said that in the back of my head. I'm like, that's not true. That's weird. And then when I came up here, he's like, people have to listen to what you have to say. So like... Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Okay, so how much fun is Christianity? <laughs> right? Like, sometimes, like, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Sometimes I can't stand projects which, like, 
Because you guys are like the saddest Christians on planet Earth. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, you have stuff to rejoice about. Like, you don't want to hear God's voice. So like, A, if you're feeling discouraged, like, ask God to encourage you. And then probably encourage someone else. Because the thing is, is like, I know for me, I am the, I'm just going to say it, because there's no other word to really describe it. Like, I am the crappiest Christian ever on planet Earth when I'm just feeling bad for myself. Because I just forget about how big and awesome and good God is. And sometimes I need to force myself to give something away to remember, like, oh, yeah, this is life and life more abundantly. I've been so consumed with myself that I've been totally robbed from. And it says that freely you've received, freely give. Now, do you think that God just telling you to do that because he wants you to just do things? Like, don't you think that, like, the author of the universe created this for your benefit? So this last Friday, I had to do something that was so awkward for me. And Parker has a video of it, and it's on my Instagram, so you can see if you want. Um, but I had to look like a crazy person. And this last Friday, for, for a year, God's been telling me to preach at Huntington Beach Pier, which is, like, down the street from us, where there are, like, tons of people, etc. And... Uh, I'm just, like, not down with that. Like, I think it's so weird, open-air preaching. And all the people that do preach at Huntington Beach Pier are actually crazy people. Like, they're not people you'd probably ever follow. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then in Salt Churches one night, the group was prophesying over me. And they all were saying different parts of the vision that God had given me about doing this. And I was like, no, like, shut up, stop speaking, like, I really don't want to do this thing. Like, please stop prophesying, like, tell me something, like, God is going to give me lots of money, <laughs> because this is so awful and I don't want to do this. And so the greatest thing about community on a mission is that there's accountability in it. So I told them, God wants me to preach on the pier. And I saw myself in, like, a red kimono doing it. So two of the girls in my church bought me a red kimono, and they were like, this is a sign that you're supposed to do it. And I was like, it's not a sign, you just bought it for me, but whatever. And then they kept texting me, hey, when are you preaching at the pier? Hey, when are you preaching at the pier? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, why won't they let this go? <laughs> this is so annoying. And then like, why don't you do the million things that God asked you to do? <laughs> and... Uh, they kept going, and then we were doing, um, we're doing right now 21 days of prayer and fasting, and every single night in the middle of the night while nursing our newborn, I would see visions of myself preaching on the pier, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. So I woke up in the morning, and I was like, Parker, Friday, I'm preaching at the pier, tell all salt churches, like, this is what, like, this is what I'm doing, and it's at 4 o'clock, so that's that. That day, I was so tired. I did not want to do anything. I had to pack for this trip. I had like a whole to-do list of things to do and accomplish. And I had like every reason and excuse to cancel it. But I was like, okay, like I need to just do it. We got to the pier and it was super sunny and there were tons of people. And I'm not kidding. Like I'm not a shy person. I was walking on the pier like, Whoa. <laughs> I just don't want to do this. I feel like 
any last ounce of pride that was in me was like, just like, do not do this. <laughs> like, you need to take care of your reputation. Like, people are not going to come to salt churches if they see you as the crazy person on the pier. It's going to kill your, like, speaking opportunities that you have coming up because no one wants, like, a crazy person on their platform. Like, all these things are going through my head. Then, like, you don't know the Bible well enough. Like, people are going to come and challenge you. Like, Jesus is not going to be there for you. Like, all these crazy things. And so I'm like, ugh. So we get there. I, like, stand up on a bench, and I have no idea how to open. Because there's no one like, here's Jesse. It's like, hi. <laughs> and there's all these people that you're walking by. And I got to tell you, it was the coolest preaching opportunity of my entire existence. It was awesome. It was like, I told Clint, it was like being on a ride at Disney World. Because the scene was like always changing, and I never had to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit than doing this because my audience was changing like every like few minutes or so. And people would make eye contact with me, and I would literally hear from the Spirit exactly what they were wrestling with. So I'd be like, blah, 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 talking and reading scripture, and then I would see someone, and I'd be like, and you're free from depression in Jesus' name! And they'd stop and look, and then it's like, like, it was just crazy and so fun, and like, just insane, and I kept like repeating different things from scripture, and just getting crazy downloads. And then, in sunny Huntington Beach, all of a sudden, a fog rolls over the pier. A huge fog. So much so that you literally cannot see, like, 30 feet away from you, which is so unusual for California. This huge fog rolls over, and I'm wearing this bright red kimono, and I'm, like, the only person that you can see on this pier. And people playing volleyball on the beach stop playing to listen to what I'm saying. And I'm like, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I'm literally saying, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> and I'm like, but the kingdom is so good and it's available to you. And you can experience the tangible presence of God. And so literally as I'm saying this, this mist comes over and covers every single person in a tangible salty dew. And our church is called Salt Churches, so that was just so sick because they were covered in salt. And so for me, that was such a prophetic sign of God confirming what we were doing in California, that our job is just to be obedient, to preach the gospel, to make disciples of all nations, and he will usher in his presence and change hearts and cover people in salt. And so I was like, I told Mark, I'm like, I'm doing this every single Friday that I'm in town. And then I'm like, why did I verbally process that? Because now I'm going to be held accountable to doing that. But I want to tell you, if you're called to preach, go on out and preach. Like, no one had to create that platform for me. And I wish I knew seven years ago after the race, like, so many people prophesied over me, like, you're going to preach to the nation, blah, blah, blah. And those are, like, those shiny prophecies that you put, like, in big letters in your journal. And they're like, this is my promise. And for me, it was such a big deal because I was totally unqualified, like the biggest heathen ever. And like, just a broken, broken person. So to think that God was ever going to use me to talk about his goodness was the craziest dream ever for me. But I wish I knew that I didn't need to wait for a 
a stage that I could have literally just gone out and had the best preaching experience of my life. Now, that being said, I did pray for people on the streets all the time, sharing the good news and the gospel before I was ever given a stage. And so I want to tell you, don't miss the little moments that are happening every single day because those are the things that get you to where you're going. And sometimes it's like praying for someone at Starbucks, and then other times it's preaching like a crazy person on the pier. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is one of those moments. What's your name again? Austin. Austin. Okay, so this is one of those moments where I was like, oh, God, I'll just, like, talk to him after the service. Like, I'll get him in front of all the people and turn 50 shades of bread. So I feel like whenever you were prophesying over Parker, like, that was God speaking straight to him, but that was also you speaking to yourself. Like, he's saying, you do have something important to say. Like, you prophesying over people is important. Like, what you have to say is um, going to impact people and um, that you are obedient and, like, you don't have to be, like, oh, my gosh, for this last month, like, I wasn't obedient. I didn't prophesy over people because, like, you have this opportunity now to be obedient. Mm-hmm. He's, like, proud for you for, like, raising your hand and being, like, that was me. I didn't prophesy over anyone. And, like, just because you don't feel proud about yourself right now doesn't mean that he doesn't feel proud yeah. about you. So everything that you said to him is exactly for you. So that's God's gift to you, too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Awesome. Good job, Sherry. Very sorry. <laughs> no, don't. Do not be sorry. <laughs> so, okay, next show of hands. So we did the prophecy thing. And it, this one I'm not going to call someone, so don't feel like if I raise my hand, she's going to pick me out. Okay, I'm not going to make you say anything or do anything. I just want to get an idea. How many of you feel like you know simply the gospel? Like you know how to share the gospel very simply if you had to. Okay, can you raise your hand really high so I can just really see? Okay, that is so awesome. (laughs) Okay, so how many of you feel like if you had to share the gospel in the next month or so, you would have, like, the boldness to do it? Okay, about half of you. Okay, now I will call on someone. (laughs) Um, Can someone that did not raise their hand share with me why they would not feel comfortable sharing the gospel in, like, the next month or so? And there's no shame in it. It's just I want to help you. So, yeah. Yeah, stand up. I feel like I'm going to mess it up, and I'm going to do it Mess it up, I'm going to? Yes. Okay. Why do you feel like that? Why? I guess. The why that I... Okay. Have you been a Christian for a long time? Um. Yes, but I didn't start a relationship with anyone until college. Okay. Can I ask you? And you can say no. So feel like you have permission to say no here. But would you mind sharing with me like anything awesome that God has like set you free from? Um, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Okay. So do you think if you shared that with someone that you could mess that up? Now, why could you not mess that up? Okay. So, what God has done in your life, Jesus is redeeming power. The fact that, simply put the gospel, is that we were meant to have a relationship with God. God the Father created us for a relationship, 
And like scripture says, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. He separated us from God through sin with Adam and Eve. And because of that, we actually could not have a, 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 the relationship we were meant for. And so he sent down his son, Jesus, for us. The prize of heaven he sent down for us, who lived a perfect life as man on earth, chose to die on the cross for our sins. And he died for us while we were still sinners, while we were still saying, F you, God, and doing whatever we wanted to do. He chose to die for us anyway because he has the most overwhelming, radical love for you. And guess what? Not only does he die, but he raises again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the throne of King of Kings. And guess what? He says, I will give you my spirit so that you have the ability to forgive people. And what's your name? Emma. Okay, Emma, your gospel story is that because now you've received the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't need to hold on to unforgiveness. And so you have the ability to freely forgive people because you've been forgiven of so much and you understand this crazy, spiritual, cosmic, insane thing called releasing people of the debts that they owe you. And you may have a right to unforgiveness, but you chose as a daughter, to set that person free. And so you want to know, what is it going on in your life that you need freedom from? Because the Holy Spirit wants to set you completely free in every area of your life. And Jesus did not die for you to struggle with unforgiveness any longer. Now, how could you mess that up? You can't. You can't because you know why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't mess up. And the Holy Spirit is burning within you. And it literally says that in Acts, when we see, it says, these are the people that turned the world upside down. Acts 17. How did they turn the world upside down? Anyone know? Like a story. They just talked about Jesus, like, all the time, and they wouldn't, like, no one could tell them to shut up. They just would not stop. That is honestly how they, like, they're marked as people that, like, we're still, we're the fruit of them not shutting up because they had experienced something so real that they could not help themselves but give it away. And so I want to encourage you, stop thinking about what you don't know, but think about what you do know. What have you experienced that, like, you have to give that away? I can think of a thousand testimonies in my life of things that God has set me free from. And so I want to tell you, be diligent about the testimony. Be diligent about the things that God has done in your life. Do you actually know the things that he's done? Because if not, you may have to put yourself into a posture of thankfulness and remember what God has actually set you free from. And then under that posture, it's easy to give things away because you're like, oh my gosh, like, I would be a total wreck without Jesus. And then one of the coolest tricks ever is when you're out and about, people are so desperate to just talk to someone. Like you think that it's a scary thing, but I promise you, people just, like they're dying to talk to someone and have a real conversation. So you don't need to like come out of the gates like, Jesus is the son of God. Like, you can just say, like, hey, like, what's going on in your life? And most people will tell you. And then the coolest thing is just find in yourself 
any area that God has done something similar for you in and share that with them. And you'll, it's just the craziest thing. You'll start to see God do miraculous things. So tomorrow, what I'm going to do is this. I wasn't going to do it because it was so cold outside, but I'm feeling like I'm supposed to do it. So tomorrow, around your lunchtime, whatever time you guys have lunch tomorrow, I'll look at the schedule. I encourage you to skip lunch tomorrow and come to Kroger with me. And we'll go to Kroger, and there's a Starbucks there. And I love prophesying over people at Starbucks because they, like, never really get encouraged. So that's, like, my favorite place to do it. But we'll go to Kroger together, and we're going to tag team Save Everyone at Kroger. So I'll, I'll bet right now about... Ten of you in this room will actually come. Prove me wrong. But if you do not come, you are not allowed to complain to anyone on AIM staff that you feel like God's not working out your calling for you. You're not allowed to process that with anyone because I'm giving you an opportunity. So you can't say you didn't have a chance, you didn't have an opportunity, you didn't know how to do it, like, if your lunch of spaghetti and meatballs is that important to you, then that's disgusting. Because <laughs> they're not that good. <laughs> but if you can surrender your lunch here and come to Kroger with me, you will taste and see that what I'm talking about is real. So I don't want to just tell you about it. I actually want to show you that you can go into your own grocery stores and start a revival that this is like the beginnings of how you plant churches. This is the beginnings of how you become freely alive, fully alive, who you're meant to be. And so if you feel like there's something in you that's like, sometimes I say, I feel like I'm like right on the verge of becoming who I'm meant to be. It's like so close, I can taste it. Like sometimes I feel like miracles and signs and wonders are like right here. And I'm like, oh, like just give it to me, Holy Spirit. And he's like, all right, come with me. My favorite, one, my second favorite verse after the one I read you is, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, walk with me, and I will give you a real rest. Walk with me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And what I love about Jesus is it's a journey of walking. I talked about that last night. But you will not experience the goodness of the kingdom if you're just trying to work it out on your own. And so the last thing I want to read to you guys is Matthew 7, 24. And it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Are you guys wise men and women? A wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Where are you founding your next season after the race? Where are you putting your hope in? Are you just like one and done? Like this is it? This is your one-time mission trip? Or I dare you to come to Kroger with me tomorrow and believe that you can see revival in America. If anyone in this room ever says that, like, God is done in America, I will kick you in your head. I really will, because it pisses me off so much, because you have to see what God is doing in America. 
Like, I can actually tell you, God is doing something crazy here. Like, the revival is not happening anywhere else. Like, it's happening here. Like, literally, people are totally just, like, I think the best way to describe it is, is the, like, awake, awake, go sleeper. Like, there is a great awakening happening in America. And God's saying, like, who's going to be a part of it? Like, you actually have the opportunity to be a part of a revival in your day and age. Like, he's doing a new thing. Will you perceive it? And so tomorrow is part of that new thing. And so, like, I beg of you, I plead of you, I urge of you, like, don't go to more sessions. Come to Kroger. Like, come see what God is doing. Come remind yourself of the best experience that you probably had on your race is knowing that God is real and he's moving and he wants to use you. Like, he just often had the boldness to prophesy over my husband who he doesn't even know. And I'm positive because I've gone through this before. Austin was reminded that God speaks to him. And so God wants to use every single one of you to bring good news. So let's start in Gainesville. And then half of you that comes tomorrow, I'm going to try to pursue to come to California with me. And all of the people that are part of Salt Churches, guess what we do? We make them preach the gospel and make disciples. Otherwise, they cannot be a part of Salt Churches. That's like a really rough church. But guess what? They know who they are. And they know how much they are loved by the Father. And we encourage each other. We equip one another. Because we are the saints. You guys are the ministers. And so I would say don't settle for a church that does not let you loose. But be someone worth letting loose. The Spirit of God is dying to overflow out of you. He wants out. So give him permission and come to Kroger tomorrow. (laughs) So we'll meet here. Yeah? I have something to say to somebody. Yeah. Okay, my heart was beating a long time ago, but I don't know who this is for. Someone who didn't raise their hand about not feeling confident and sharing the gospel. The Lord's freed me a lot from comparison. I think comparison is killing our society, our culture, because we're always trying to compete or try to be like someone else. And the Lord has gifted you all to share in your own way, your own struggles, your own story of how to share the gospel. And he's freed me a lot to not compare, but create who the Lord has already created in me to give me confidence in how I can talk to people. And I cannot share the gospel exactly like Jesse, but that's not how the Lord wants me to share the gospel. He wants to share in the way that I'm gifted, the way that I use my words. I may not have this huge vocabulary, but I'm confident the Lord knows who I'm going to talk to. And the words that come out of my mouth are not my own anyways. And so I need to step in more boldness. I need to take more steps because I feel like I kind of just sit in the sidelines a lot. And my heart races at times. And I just choose to be like, okay, God, in a, in a little bit. I still even wait just a second. I'm like, okay, whenever Jesse kind of takes a pause. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you all who didn't raise their hand or didn't feel confident. That might have been for you, Emma. I don't know. But he's given you so much passion to share the way that you are confident in sharing. And it could be just like sharing with me. Like the Lord's given you the ability and the confidence to share in the way that he's given to you. So. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So. <laughs> I just wanted to throw out there that after you're done evangelizing, I'm going to go with you guys too. You can talk about that at Chick-fil-A. I saw that. So awesome.
used to have to drive like 30 minutes for Chick-fil-A because we didn't have it in New York, so it was like the prized possession of coming to Gainesville. I do want to say, on what you said, I agree with you, but it is important to challenge yourself to do things that are not what you would normally do. So like most of you cannot share the gospel the same way as I do. We all have different ways. But on the opposite side of that, try to. Because the thing is, is you discover in yourself what is your way of doing it by activating and doing it. Because sometimes people are like, well, I'm not that person. I'm like an introvert. Well, the Holy Spirit actually does not have a personality type. Like, it, it's not a Myers-Briggs thing. It's not. So all of us, like, you learn what your way of sharing is, like you said, by just challenging yourself to maybe do what someone else is doing. Because I hear, like, a lot of times people say, like, Okay, well, like, the way I share the gospel is, like, I pray for people. And that's really good. You should pray for people, but that's also not sharing the gospel. So, like, do not allow yourself to be deceived, because I know, like, one of my best friends was like, I'm just shy. Like, you're an A-type personality. It's easy for you, but I'm a shy person. So, like, I just, like, I, I'm an intercessor. And I'm like, you are right. You are one of the strongest, most profound, like, in intercessors that I've ever met. Like, my friend Jackie, I'll like, throw her out there. I'm like, you are an intercessor of all intercessors. I challenge you to come with me to Walmart, and let's pray for people like how I do, so you can learn to see how God does it through you. So she came with me to Walmart. This was four weeks ago. She had never shared the gospel with anyone before. Totally, like, honestly bound up in fear to do it. She came with me to Walmart, and I said, okay, so you're an intercessor. Let's pray. What is God doing in Walmart? What is he saying? What are you hearing him say? This is your, your way of doing this. I'm with you in this. What are you hearing? And she's like, I just feel like there's a girl that has a broken heart. And I was like, all right, now let's walk around and pray until we find that girl with a broken heart. And we walked around, we walked around, and Jackie was like, so you're going to go up to her because you're the outgoing personality. I'm just the intercessor telling you. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll do that, we'll do that. <laughs> we get up to the girl, and we get up to her, and I say, hi, ma'am, how are you? My friend Jackie here <laughs> has something to share with you. And Jackie was like, Ugh. And Jackie was like, are you struggling with a broken heart? And the girl started hysterically crying in the middle of Walmart. And I have a video of Jackie sharing this testimony that we're going to put on YouTube. But she started hysterically crying the woman, and she goes, I am struggling with so much. I have the most broken heart. And all of a sudden, Jackie, who has never shared the gospel, who is an intercessor introvert, who is not anything like me, and has never spoken on a stage or anything, goes like this. Well, Jesus did not die for you to have a broken heart. And I was like, <laughs> Jackie. And like, Jackie's the cutest girl in the world. She's, she's actually a model, so she's very pretty. And she was like, and she's looking at me, and she's like, and Jesus rose from the dead so that you would have his spirit. And then all of a sudden, all of her intercessory gifts, she was hearing all this stuff for this girl, and it was coming out. And she said to me after, she goes, I would never do that in a million years because that's so weird to me. But I never realized that all the times that I'm spending with God and praying like to God for people that I could even do it. 
Now, is she going and doing that every day? No. No way in heck <laughs> is she doing that. <laughs> She's not, because it, it, it's not her way of doing it. But it was so wildly good for her to push herself to do it, to know that she could. Because guess what? She has no fear of doing it any longer. Yeah. Okay, so I've struggled. I was one that raised and then didn't raise the second time. Um, like when I go out, I'm someone that could talk to someone at Kroger for like 12 minutes about pickles. Like I love talking, to <laughs> but and like I've had people on my heart that I stop and I talk to. Um, but then it's like then I don't have the boldness to be like on awesome. So like I'm one of those extroverts, but that's where I struggle the most. It's like, sorry, um, we just got back from going out with people that can intercede for us or that give us the confidence they're standing right next to us. Mm -hmm. But when we're alone, I don't, I feel more alone. I know that the Lord is there and that mm -hmm. he's the one telling you the words, but like there's always that awkward like shift of like, I know I'm supposed to say something, but like I can't. And so that's where I struggle. That's where my like, I know I, I haven't been doing it when I'm supposed to because I'll talk about pickles forever and ask them how their life <laughs> is and what pickles she likes, but <laughs> like that's as far as it gets. So, All right, come here for a second. What's your name? Jessica. Oh, my name is Jessica. I know. Come on up. <laughs> All right. So Jessica here. I'm the same way as you. I'm exactly like that. I can talk about pickles and ice cream in my favorite movies, so I'm blue in the face. That was hard for me, too. But guess what? We can actually look at Scripture, right? And what do we see? Did Jesus send the disciples out by themselves to preach the gospel? No. 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 What did he do? Two by two. Two by two. You're not meant to do this by yourself. It is scary doing it by yourself. I gotta tell you, I, I rarely, rarely share the gospel by myself. I only do it if I'm like, like gonna explode and die if I don't. But I'm always like, Parker, come with me. Let's go pray for this homeless person that looks like they're a murderer. Or I'm like, even Jackie, like I knew I was supposed to pray for someone at Walmart that day. And so I was like, Jackie, come on. We're gonna do experiments and evangelism. And your job is to just take someone along with you. And then the thing is, is like, it is kind of scary doing it by yourself. But when you have someone standing next to you, it does give you a confidence. And also, like, scripture talks a lot about where, like, two or more are gathered, right? So there's actually more power and authority when you go along with someone and do it with them. And then all you have to do, this is, like, the easiest challenge ever, is in the morning when you wake up, and I'm going to tell all of you guys this, Ask God to tell you who you're supposed to speak to and what you're supposed to say. Because a lot of times we miss it because we're just not asking him. And we have to realize, like, you're not saving anyone. Like, the Holy Spirit is working within them already, so we're just partnering with God and what he's already doing. So he's already working in their hearts. So people are not crying in Walmart because, like, I brought this, like, huge, profound thing. Like, Jackie knew that the woman was struggling with a broken heart because God had already been speaking to that area of her heart. So all of a sudden, God's working in something in this woman, and then some little blonde girl comes over and is like, hey, y'all, are you struggling with a broken heart? And the girl's like, <sighs> Now, if that was not someone that Jackie was supposed to go up to, who knows what would have happened, you know? And maybe Jackie would even be rejected, and that's fine. Like, that happens. It's not about always, like, scoring a touchdown, like, sometimes you just have to, like, progress down the field. And I know nothing about sports, so that was, like, a whole scary <laughs> analogy. I'm like, am I even talking about the right sport right now as I'm saying that? But sometimes it's just about make, make, making a move, learning how to do it, 
Like, I didn't come off the world race, like, preaching the gospel around New York City. I, I started picking up pennies. Like, you guys remember that story? <laughs> like, it's not about learning how to be this great, powerful person. It's just being filled with the Holy Spirit and being a living sacrifice. So all you have to do is wake up in the morning and say, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Oh, my name is Jessica, and that means that I am blessed. I'm the blessed one. I am wealthy. That means I have more than enough to give away. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just give Jessica the words to say. I ask that you would just fill her with your love, God. You said, Jesus, remain in me. And guess what? He says, I'll remain in you. I'll remain in you. The Prince of Peace wants to remain in you. Because he's obsessed with you. And he loves you. And he cares about your dreams and your future. And all the little details and relationships that you're thinking about. He cares about all those little things. But he says, you don't have to think about it all day and worry about it all day. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but just come with me. Walk with me. Learn how to take a real rest. He says, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. And Christianity is so much fun when we let Jesus just lead us. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just fill Jessica with your presence and your peace. I thank you that there will be a divine opportunity over pickles. I thank you that something that's so ordinary as pickles, she could see an illustration in that because the Holy Spirit is speaking in her. And she would say, oh my gosh, you know what? Pickles are just cucumbers that are totally saturated. And I am someone that's totally saturated with the presence of God. And before I knew God, I was, I was just trying to figure out things on my own. But because of God, I've been set free from blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. And so I love pickles because pickles remind me of what it's like to be completely saturated in the presence of God. Have you ever experienced anything like that? And then pickles become power. And so we just declare that over Jessica. And I thank you that you're surrounding her with a community of believers that are on a mission. And you would send her to a place where she would start to see revival one person at a time. So we just release that over her. We release that over her right now. I thank you for your protection and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Awesome. Kurt, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah. Come on up. No. <laughs> Jessica has something to say. And you just succeed something. Now you can give it away. Who? When she was getting prayed over, something inside of these ones. I want that. I want that. I want that. Anybody else experience that? Like, I want that. I want some of that. I'll take that. I wish Jess was prayed over me. Anybody else in that? Stand up right now if you sense it. Jess, you're going to give something away that you were just given. Go stand up my desk. Stand up if you want this. If you really, really, really want this, get on your chair.
each individual standing in this room, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for each gift that every individual possesses, whether that's the gift of seeing the least in the room, Lord, um, in the instant that they walk in, Lord, or if it's a gift to relate with somebody on a different level, Lord. I just pray that you continue to reveal to them what their gifts are and that it's supposed to be used in that moment, Lord. Um, Lord, I just pray for boldness on everyone yes, that is standing, God, Lord. Jesus. I just pray for more of you and your spirit. Yeah. Lord, I just pray that um, no one hesitates when they hear your voice. Yes, Lord, that yes. whether they are in Chick-fil-A, Lord, or if yes, they are God. in um, CarMax, Lord, I just pray that you just fill them with the boldness yes. um, to declare, to prophesy, to encourage um, their fellow sister and brother here on this yes, earth. God. Lord, I pray that right now... Um, this room just gets even saltier. Yeah. Um, not just, you yes, know, non, non-name brand salt, Lord, but Jesus is salt. Lord, that we um, leave a taste in everyone's mouth. Lord, that every individual standing in this room, everyone that's elevated even higher, Lord, that they are just fully filled with your presence. Yes. That they're fully filled with your boldness and that no more lives from the enemy are welcome in yes, them. Lord, God. we pass Thank them you, out Jesus. right now in Jesus' name. Yes, and we God. fill them with joy. We fill yes, them with God. love and we fill them with who you say they are, and that that is their child, the heir to the throne, um, the queens and the kings, Lord, of the one heavenly Father, Lord. We just praise you for who you've made each of us to be, Lord. We thank you for opportunities, and we thank you for boldness. And, Lord, as today continues on and as we have our break, Lord, that we don't wait for lunch tomorrow for Kroger, that we go to Kroger today, that when we are at Walmart shopping for wedding dresses or dresses to wear to weddings, um, whatever it may be, Lord. I just pray that you give us the boldness to seek who you have in front of us. And that we don't look past it. That we're not so focused on ourselves. That we're not focused on the relationships we're struggling with, but we're focused on the relationship that could be right in front of us. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this time to come together to learn these things. Um, to be reminded of these things, um, and to lean on you and none other. Um, So in Jesus' name we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and empowered to change the world for the name of Jesus. Make sure to tune in and listen to our other podcasts and download our app, Salt Churches, found on iTunes. We hope to see you and hear from you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.